Yo, 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 welcome to the Love of the Game podcast. I'm your host, BK, we're all the love. And I want to thank all the returning listeners and welcome all the new listeners. Um, I want to shout out um, Ronell, Keith, and uh, Slice to tune in to every episode. Um, I appreciate all the love and feedback. Um, I want to start out this episode talking about the major power move that took place uh, a couple weeks ago. The Rock purchased the XFL for $15 million, and that feels like a straight-out of episode of Ballers on HBO. The XFL was going bankrupt because uh, they allocated all the money into the start of the season to get things going, and then the coronavirus hit at the beginning of their season. So the owners lost all their money, and they had to sell the sell back just to make back some money, and that's where The Rock stepped in. I think The Rock may be the guy to get the league really competitive with the NFL or truly make it a developmental league for the NFL. The Rock was a D1 uh, defensive end for the Miami Hurricanes back in their heyday. Uh, the, uh, the U produced NFL legends like Warren Sapp, Ray Lewis, and other talented and other talents that um, The Rock never seen the field. But that doesn't mean he doesn't know the business of football and television. Um, I said a couple episode ago, episodes ago, that the biggest problem for this league would be getting talent and paying that talent compared to what the NFL pays their talent. And um, and I don't, uh, with the rock at the helm, expect the, the marketing of the league to go way up. Um, there's going to be expect some super cool commercials and the promos. Maybe they um, maybe might be in a movie or something. And um, some things to get those fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh round picks from the NFL draft to consider going to the XFL. You never know. Those fourth-round, fifth-round picks, they they, uh, they turn into people. Tom Brady was that. I think the league should try and make the uh, make the XFL a bridge to the NFL because, like like I said, the best-case scenario that you have is uh, you know, Tom Brady come to the XFL from the NFL draft that is a low-round pick, and he doesn't want to leave the XFL. He, like, you know what I mean? He's going to represent the XFL like that. Um, I think that that would be really cool. Um, the Rock will also sell to sell uh, in this day in this day and age. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if a player who want to play for a black commissioner now, you know, with things going on in the world, you know, Roger Goodell doesn't um this isn't really a pro player. I understand that Roger Goodell's job isn't easy. Every team has about fifty three men. You can't make everyone happy. But uh, Dell doesn't doesn't even really listen to the players, doesn't really give them um, a chance to speak up or you know what I mean it's the NFL where you're not in the NFL. Um, I think the players want more of an Adam Silver type commissioner, and the Rock feels like that to me. I feel like the Rock can be that, and he's black, so why not play for a black league? Don't get me wrong. Don't turn down the dream and the money at the NFL is something maybe I wouldn't do at the beginning of my career. But if I was, for instance, maybe um, Russell Wilson, um, I would come to XFL maybe in the end of my career in exchange for like ownership um, or some some sort of deal like that. Um, instead of making like you know those end end of career low budget uh, low budget contracts, maybe I can go to XFL and. Um, Exchange my couple. Uh, we're still getting paid, obviously, but exchange my service to the XFL for uh, for ownership, just to get the league running. I don't know how that's gonna be. Russell Wilson's still in the prime of his career, so don't. I'm not saying do that right now. But if the league doesn't jump up by the time he's like, you know, what I mean, it's a 40 year old quarterback. Why not? Yeah, nothing else left to prove. He had won a Super Bowl, and I, that will truly make history in sports. Truly make history. 
So, um, let's talk about the, the NBA bubble that's currently making history right now as we speak, and the players are disappointing. Uh, as the playoffs begin, I want to reminisce on the seeding games. Uh, we saw a, a ton of great play from all around the league, in particular the Suns, Rockets, Trailblazers, and uh, TJ Warren on the Pacers. The Suns were the biggest surprise to, to me. They are the surprise team of the bubble. Um, I, I, a couple of episodes ago, I said that they were here for no reason. But the way Memphis was playing, uh, the Suns really made a push for that ninth spot in a playing game against Portland. They were 8-0 on the bubble, and Devin Booker was on a tear. He averaged 30 points, 6 assists, and 5 rebounds. And Devin Le- Booker was leading that team. It, it was remarkable to see some of, some of his play. Um, he had a game winner on Paul George and Kawhi, basically a double team fadeaway. Some Kobe Bryant stuff right there. And um, I know a lot of people wanted to see them in the playoffs, especially with the um, the way they were playing. After that Clipper game, they had uh, that schedule got a little easy, but then it got hard again. They had to to play the they had to play the Heat, they had to play the Thunder, they had to play the Sixers, and they had to play the Mavericks. All teams like in the playoffs right now. So uh, to, for them to be eight and zero in the bubble was really impressive for them. Um, I wasn't counting them out any of those games because I seen the energy they played with against the Clippers. Uh, that's the type of energy you need to play with every game. Uh, Kenny Smith said on TNT that um, if the team plays with the right energy, you could win 41 games. And the, the, I don't know, the Suns kind of proved that right there. If you play with the right energy, you could win 41 games in a season. They just won 8-0 and on the bubble, beat a whole bunch of playoff teams, and um, it, it had to do all with the energy. Um, the Suns are the team of the future. They have two building blocks in Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton uh, with a t- possible top 10 pick this year. Um, they're only going to get better. Um, I hope Devin Booker is there for the long term. I, I, like to see, I like to see a team like that, you know, like a, like a Raptors or, a, you know, like a Warriors back in the day that really got it from the ground up. Um, that's, that's something to cheer on. You know, you don't people don't like when the players talk to each other and join up in free agency like that. So I hope the Suns stay together and they really, truly grow. And uh, they're competitive in the West. I think the playoffs, uh, I think the Suns will see the playoffs real soon. Uh, maybe like the next year or two. So the Rockets, um, the Rockets started off the bubble real hot, man. They started off shocking everybody, beating the Bucks with the small ball lineup. I was for sure shocked that they won. Especially, uh, especially um, the next game when they play the Mavericks. Um, they just snuck by. They barely beat them, so I wasn't sure if the um, I wasn't sure if the small ball lineup would work, but it stood up to the Bucks. And if you remember that game, it was truly the defense of the Rockets that won them the game. Sure, the three ball um, in the crunch time, three ball was vital. Uh, three ball is the Rockets' main weapon. And that's what really kept them in the game, especially in crunch time. But they needed some stops, and they they, they got the stops to pull it out. Uh, if that small ball lineup can can stand up, uh, they they will go far in the playoffs. That that small ball lineup will be tested all playoffs, especially in the West. The West got a whole bunch of big teams. But if the Rockets can hit the three ball, they have the potential to go far. As I said in previous episodes, the Rockets are the wildest card, the wildest wild card, because they can uh, really explode on offense. They also really need James Harden to play like the best version of themselves for the team to advance. Uh, the game against the Spurs, uh, James Harden sat out, and uh, the Rockets weren't the Rockets anymore. They were, I don't know, if they, I want to say they were playing down, but um, they were on the level of the Spurs. So 
Russ, Russ needs Harden. Harden needs Russ. And they both need to play at the, the best of their ability for the Rockets to be the team the team people think they are. I, I really like their I like the Rockets. I think they're a wild card. Um I I don't see them beating the Lakers, but I think the, they can give any other team in the West a run for their money. Um speaking of the Rockets, they played the Portland Trailblazers in the bubble and that was probably one of my favorite my, my favorite game of the bubble. It was uh Russ vs. Dame volume nine. Uh that took place in the bubble. I predicted Dame was gonna win and he did, but Russ balled out as well. Um Dame had twenty one points, nine rebounds, eight assists, compared to Russell Westbrook's fifteen points, three rebounds and nine assists. And uh the rivalry goes on. It continues, and uh, I think Dame's getting the best of my guy. Uh, Dame's getting the best of my guy, Russ. And they, that rivalry goes all the way back to OKC. I think Dame is proving that he's the better player. Dame is winning, and he's hitting big shots in those games to win. Uh, Russell Westbrook's weaknesses are being exposed most times that he plays Dame. Portland really needed that game to keep up with the Spurs and Suns, who were balling out at the time. And they balled out on defense and had to because the three-point shot at Houston is what beat the Bucks the previous game. So the Portland brought that same intensity. Uh, they mashed them and they pulled it, they pulled it out. And uh, Russ uh, Dame Dame balled out as well. Uh, we seriously need to start thinking about how the Blazers and Lakers series is gonna look. I think that series is gonna go seven. Uh, Portland has the base for AD, but uh, the question is, can Portland contain LeBron? Uh, that's a hell of a task for the Blazers, especially Carmelo Anthony. But Carmelo Anthony, man, y'all got to put some respect to my boy's name. Year 17, 18 points in the bubble. People have been disrespecting my boy all year, and he's continued to make them regret that. Clutch shot after clutch shot, and he's playing playing efficiently. I hope his play continues in the playoffs, and that Portland plays, uh, Portland plays out balls out in the playoffs. Uh, I know it's a long shot for Portland to to win the whole thing, but if Portland can get my boy a ring, I might flip over to be uh to Portland, man. I might flip over to be a Trailblazer fan from these Knicks. These Knicks ain't doing nothing for me, and Portland's about to get my boy a ring. If that would happen. I might flip over just because that would be a hell of a run. The eight seed beating the Lakers, LeBron, everybody favored them pretty much all year long. That would be one of the playoff runs for the ages. And uh, for my boy Carmelo Anthony to be a part of that would give his legacy so much validation. I really want that to happen. Ever since Carmelo Anthony and LeBron James been drafted, they've been uh, pretty much tag team, teamed up, compared uh, legacy-wise. And um, I truly believe that the Pistons uh, messed that up for all of us, I mean, I think I think Carmelo would have had uh, three rings, two or three rings by now. I think uh, this matchup would have been crazy. It would have been Melo for his fourth, Bond for his fourth, and it would have been a real legacy matchup. But instead, we're getting um, we're getting Melo fighting for his first ring, which is also something to watch. I really want him to get his first ring. He has is it's. He's playing with a different energy than everybody else's probably because he wants that ring just like Dame and CJ and uh, and the rest of that team. But um, if I think that series is going to go seven, man. And Portland can really pull it out. Anything happens in game seven. So we'll see how it goes. They've been hitting a whole bunch of clutch shots. Dame and Portland from the logo. 
So we'll see how that goes. Uh, TJ Warren was also balling out in the bubble. He averaged 33 points in the bubble. And uh, we'll see if he continues that in the playoffs. Um, I am watching the Heat versus Pacers right now. And um, I truly believe that uh, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler is this guy's kryptonite, man. He was balling all bubble. Ran the Jimmy Butler and dropped 12, 13 points and a, and a loss. So I, I, don't, I don't see them coming out the first round versus Miami, honestly. So we'll see how that goes. But um, not everyone in the bubble was playing up to par. The Lakers have uh, the Lakers forgotten how to shoot. They were missing wide open shots. They were shooting about 29% from three in the bubble. And if that defense wasn't so great, they wouldn't have won any games in the bubble. If they shoot like that against Portland, they, they ain't going to win. They ain't going to win. They're they leaving, leaving people wide open and they're missing shots. And they play like that versus Portland, expect Portland to move on. Like I said, anything can happen in the game seven. So you want to miss shots in the game seven. Watch my boy Melo make them shots. Watch my boy Dane for sure make them shots. If Dane gets hot, oh, watch out, man. Watch out, man. The Portland going to squeeze it out. Can you imagine LeBron losing the first round as a one, as a number one seed? He's going to be criticized forever. Criticized forever for not winning this chip, especially this chip. He'd be criticized forever. Um, Like I said in the last episode, New Orleans, um, they disappointed everybody. I feel like uh, they gave up. They were looking for, towards the draft. Uh, they put themselves behind eight ball, losing all but, what, three games, two games? I think it's two games. Uh, they were looking forward towards the draft, man. I hope they. I think they were looking, hoping for some luck to move up in the draft like last year, but um, it was disappointing to see uh, the the uh, Pelicans give up. Um, a lot of people wanted to see Zion versus the Lakers in the first round, uh, but the Pelicans couldn't defend anyone. They gave up a whole bunch of point pain points. They gave up 140 points to the Kings, the same Kings that lost to the Nets by 15. And uh, they're just looking forward towards the draft, man. Uh, something to keep their eye on is the how the organization is going to be ran in the New Orleans. They um they fired the head coach Alvin Gentry, who I felt like was uh the perfect coach for that team. And um, Zion also seemed to set with the minute restriction that uh that was happening in the bubble, especially that first game. That first game, if they got that first win off, they would have been in the hunt for the ninth spot for that playing game. But uh, they played Zion 25 minutes when he was having a hell of a game. He missed one shot that whole game, and he played him like 15 minutes, not even. They played him 15 minutes. He had 16 points or 14 points, something like that. It was uh, disappointing to see. Keep an eye on the New Orleans situation. Um Memphis is also a situation to look at. Um, they just gave up the A spot. They won three games in the bubble, and they had a four-game lead to start the bubble. And now they're watching the playoffs from home. I know all along I predicted uh, Portland to take the spot, but I thought Memphis was going to be the biggest competition, and they folded. Uh, they did suffer an injury to Jaron Jackson, who's arguably their best player right now behind John Morant or in front of John Morant. And... Um, Memphis has the same potential as Phoenix to me. I think they're, uh, Memphis is a better organization than Phoenix, so I expect better players to come through Memphis. And I think Memphis could be a powerhouse in the West uh, for times to come. Now I want to get uh, into the playoff matchups and my predictions. So um, we'll start in the East. 
We'll start in the East with the Magic Bucks. Uh, Magic Bucks, that game just ended, and the Bucks squeaked it out, a 12-point game, a 12-point win. Surprising, but not also not that surprising. Um, my boy Willie, he been uh he been doubting he been doubting the Bucks all season. He said they're not that good. The Giannis is not that good. That um that Milwaukee isn't that good. So uh I'm I'm kind of surprised, but not that surprised because I've been hearing it all season from uh from my boy. But um I also I'm gonna predict the Bucks to win this series in let's say six. I'll say six because. Or maybe seven, because I think teams are finding a way to defend Giannis because he can't shoot. I mean, he does the same thing almost every time, kind of. So I think teams are finding a way to just slow it down and getting the buckets back their own way. They're attacking the people that can't defend, and um, they're getting the buckets that way. They're just slowing Giannis down, making him see multiple people, and that's what got Toronto the victory. So let's see if Magic can pull it out. I, I, I got... I got, I got Milwaukee in six. Milwaukee in six versus Orlando. All right, um, Sixers, Celtics. Uh, that's a bit of a hard, uh, hard uh, series to judge. But uh, 76ers are missing their best player. To me, I think Ben Simmons is the best player on the Sixers. So um, I'm gonna go Celtics in four. I'm gonna see Celtics in four in a close fight all series. Maybe there's a gentleman sweep, but I think Celtics in four. Uh, Nets Raptors, that's gonna be Raptors in a sweep. I predict. Maybe the Nets get one out, but I think the Raptors are gonna sweep them. Um, the Nets just don't have the star power. They don't have anybody right now, and the Raptors are that 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 team. They're kind of like OKC, where they're really efficient. They're gonna play great defense. They're gonna get their buckets efficiently. You know, nothing's gonna stop that machine. Um, Heat Pacers. Um, this is probably gonna be my favorite uh series of the East. Um, uh, I'm I'm predicting a fight. <laughs> I'm predicting a fight between these two. Jimmy Butler and T.J. Warren do not like each other. I'm predicting um a a real competitive series. Maybe if you're a betting guy, maybe bet the under in a couple of them. Um, I think it's gonna be a real defensive series. Um, but I, I'm predicting the Heat in six. Um, the Pacers just don't have the players, or the um, and Jimmy Butler is just T.J. Warren's kryptonite. So I, that's what I think. Uh, I think that's how that's one's gonna go. Right, to the Western Conference, um, let's start with the Jazz Nuggets. Um, that's the series that's gonna go seven to me. I think these two teams play the same. Um, the Nuggets do have a better offense than the Jazz, but um, the Jazz defense is a little bit better than the Nuggets. So uh, I'm expecting that series to go seven. Game one was real competitive. Went to OT. Donovan Mitchell had his career high, 57 points. So I'm expecting that game, that series to go seven. And I'm gonna go with the Nuggets coming out the coming out that series. Um, Mavericks Clippers. Uh, that, that game was really interesting to watch. Um, I think the Clippers got to bring that energy, man. The Clippers got to bring that energy every game. I think they went into this series thinking maybe, uh, we can get, we can beat these guys. But, uh, the Mavericks came out to play, man. Porzingis is nothing to mess with, bro. He's a, he's a matchup, matchup nightmare for the Clippers. And as soon as he got ejected, 
that's when things became easier for the Clippers. He was he was tearing them up all all game. So I got uh, I got the Clippers in six, and um, the Clippers need to get their things. To, they need to get the uh, need to get together. Need to get their stuff together if they want to beat the Mavericks convincingly. Um, Rockets and Thunder. That's um that last year or yeah last year that would have been a hell of a series to watch Russ versus James Harden, but it's also a very interesting series to watch because they traded Chris Paul away to the Thunder, and the Thunder had a a point five percent chance to make the playoffs, especially in the Western Conference. And the, what are they, the fifth seed? So they're, they're an impressive team. They are they're they're the Raptors of the West. They're the efficient team. They're gonna play hard defense. They're gonna they're gonna get their buckets efficiently. They're, they're, they're that team. Um, but I think the Rockets had too much firepower for their Thunder. Um, I don't think anybody on the Thunder could really guard James Harden or Russell Westbrook. So it's gonna take a team ever to stop both. And um, I just don't think that's gonna happen for the Thunder. It's gonna be a hard fought series. I uh, got the Rockets winning that series in five, but um, it's gonna be close games all the way around. Um, I would bet the over in most of those games. Um, now my favorite series of the West, as you guys probably already predicted, was the Trailblazers and the Lakers. Um, I want the Trailblazers to win this. I really do for my boy Melo, uh, for Dame even. Dame been balling out. I want his. I want his uh. I want this to to mean something. Um, this has some uh, reminiscence of uh, that we believe Warriors team, man. That we believe Warriors team that uh, that took the um, that took the that beat the uh, Mavericks. That beat the Mavericks that year. This team reminds me of that, man. They play hard all the time. They got the base for AD. We got to stop LeBron, man. We can stop LeBron or contain him, make him a passer. I mean, you know how he does in the final moments. He wants to pass the ball up. Make make, make him a passer. Make him not not be the 50-point guy. Then the Trailblazers got a, got a chance, man. They really do. Dame, Dame's a, a hot always. Melo's been hitting clutch, clutch shots. CJ's been showing up game to game. So I I really want the Trailblazers to win this. I got the I got the series going seven games, and I'm gonna say Trailblazers just because I want them to win. It's a long shot. I know it's a long shot, um, but I don't write them off, man. I got the I got the Blazers in seven. I got the Blazers in seven. All right, man. Now I want to get into the NFL. Uh, specifically the top 100 and how it's wrong. Lamar Jackson isn't the best player in the NFL, and uh, he just isn't right now. He's just not the best NFL player in the NFL right now. I understand that he was the MVP last season, and I think um, and I think he's in, he's in the conversation for it, but the best player in the league right now is Patrick Mahomes, and second is Russell Wilson, point blank. The defensive lines are greatest of all time, and those two quarterbacks are the only ones that could seem to like neutralize the ability to get the sack. They seem to like you know you know get away from it the most, and Lamar as well. But they're they're, they're, they're designed runs. Uh, some of the throws that Russell Wilson makes uh, leave you feeling amazed, and um, I think the third best quarterback in the league is a debate between Carson Wentz and Lamar Jackson. 
No, the only reason I'm not flat out putting Wentz as the best quarterback and uh, the third best quarterback in the league is because of Lamar Jackson's speed. But sitting back in the pocket and throwing the ball, Lamar Jackson isn't competing with Carson Wentz. There's no way Lamar Jackson could throw the ball with Carson Wentz, uh, especially in the pocket. And and uh, and outside the pocket, it's it's hey, yeah, I think it's the thing is I think Carson got him too. The top ten disrespected my God to the fullest extent. I can't believe he he wasn't even in it. There are 13 other quarterbacks on the list and, and not named Carson Wentz. No way Carson Wentz isn't a top five quarterback. The top five quarterbacks are uh, Russell, uh, Lamar, Mahomes, Breeze, and Brady. I can understand the argument for Breeze and Brady because, you know, legacy and stuff like that, but I don't think they're better than Carson Wentz right now. I don't think they, get, they got the uh, out-of-pocket ability that Carson Wentz has. I don't think they have the arm strength that Carson Wentz has. I don't, I don't think they, they're they're up there right now with Carson Wentz from a talent standpoint. Maybe back in their heyday, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Brady's so super clutch or whatever. But as of right now, there's no way Carson they're better than Carson Wentz. I can understand the argument, though. So I'm not I'm going to leave the top five alone. I can understand the argument. Yeah, I can understand the argument. The next five goes Rodgers. I can understand the argument. No, I mean, it's the same thing as Brady. It's the same thing as Breeze. I'm not even going to bother there. Watson. Uh, Deshaun Watson, I don't, I don't know if he's better than Carson Wentz. I, don't, I, think, I think they're about the same player. I think they're about the same player. Uh, Wentz just made, you know, Wentz got the better arm, and he took the team with lesser talent to the playoffs, you know? Uh, Watson does have that magic that Mahomes has. I mean, not Mahomes, uh, Russell Wilson. But I think I think they're had to they're even to me, and I'm giving Carson the edge because Carson didn't play the talent that um, Deshaun Watson did. If the Carson once had a, uh, the top receiver, uh, what would Carson stats be? You know, so. I'm giving Carson Wentz the edge there. Garoppolo, come on. That's just outrageous, bro. Are you serious? You can put Garoppolo over Carson Wentz? There's no way you can tell me Carson Wentz isn't better than Garoppolo. No way. No way. Take him out that Niner team and place him with uh, any capable thrower. That team is going to the Super Bowl. Car- Garoppolo is not good. Garoppolo is not good. And he's a, he's a, he's a Alex Smith. Alex Smith is all right. You know, he makes the right play. But he, Al- Garoppolo doesn't even do that sometimes, you know. he's a, he's a He doesn't do that all the time. That defense is good. Kyle Shanahan knows how to move the ball. And even though I criticize uh, Kyle Shanahan all the time, he does know how to move the ball up and down the field. I would have given Garoppolo too much credit over there in, in San Francisco. And I don't think he's better than Carson Wentz. <sighs> this next one, bro. Dak Prescott. Hell no. Mr. I need an O-line. Mr. I need two receivers. Mr. I need a top three running back and a great defense. He doesn't make players better. He just keeps the offense moving. He's another Alex Smith. Honestly, the Cowboys should have won a division last year. But guess what? Carson Wentz stepped up with practice squad players and took them from him. Come on, man. Dak Prescott? You putting Dak Prescott before Carson Wentz? Come on, man. Come on, man. I want all the cowgirls. You want to blame the coach and then the fact that um that uh and the fact that uh he's a, he was a, he was the, the start of the season last year how to start uh, how the team started off. But guess what? You lost the playoff spot to who? Carson Wentz. There's no way Dak Prescott belongs on this list higher than Carson Wentz. You kidding me? Kidding me? The next person is is Kirk Cousins, and Kirk Cousins is too inconsistent. The Vikings offense has has weapons on weapons, and they're a middle of a pack offense. Cousins is, is, isn't that good to me, man. 
Carson's isn't isn't better. Carson's isn't better than Carson Wentz. He can't do the stuff Carson Wentz does out of the pocket. And in the pocket, they're comparable. I mean, he's not better. He's kind of not better than Carson Wentz, man. You kidding me? Kidding me? Uh, who's the next guy? And, and and imagine that. Hold on. Actually, take if you put Carson Wentz on that Vikings team, can you imagine what that offense would be? Top five, top three, year in, year out. Year in, year out. Year in, year out. The next person on the list is uh, is uh, Ryan Tannehill. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Wasn't he looking for work like two years ago? Wasn't he looking for work at the beginning of this season? Huh? Wasn't he looking for work? He just got he got picked up, man, and he just he, he got the deal. All right, he got the bag from uh, Tennessee. I mean, he kind of earned it, I guess. You know what I mean? But that Derrick Henry was the reason that team was is, is was in the playoffs. Derrick Henry was the reason that team made the uh one two playoff games. Tannehill's not better than Carson Wentz, man. That's just disrespectful. I can't believe Tannehill's even on this list. I can't believe he's even on this list. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't finish his contract in Tennessee. That's another team. Imagine Carson Wentz on. So next on the list is Jared Allen, and that's 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 where it gets so uh, it's it's disrespectful. The only reason Jared Allen is on his list is because uh, he, he teams didn't know he could run the ball. He can't throw the ball. The only reason his team was successful is because teams didn't know that he could really run the ball till late in the season. And when that happened, you know the offense shut down. The offense couldn't even beat us. I know that was a windy game, but they, they're not special, man. Jared Allen isn't special. He shouldn't even been on this list. It's disrespectful to put this man on the list and not Carson Wentz. That whole build offense as a whole isn't really that good. Come on, man. You disrespect the Carson Wentz. Jerry Allen's a worse throw the football than Lamar Jackson. Come on, don't disrespect Carson Wentz like that. That's just dis- disrespectful. This next one is real disrespectful to a rookie, Kyler Murray. Kyle, you... All right, Kyler Murray has tons of potential. But he isn't a top 15 quarterback, and he isn't a top 100 player in the NFL right now, period. He isn't, and he's not better than Carson Wentz. I can't believe he's on this, on this, uh, on this list. Sure, he's fast, he's fast, but he doesn't have the arm Carson has. He can't throw out the pocket like Carson does. And when Carson, if Carson progresses the way he's supposed to, he will never be better than Carson Wentz. This is disrespectful to put him on this list, this rookie hype. Are you kidding me? You're going to put Car- Carson Wentz isn't better than Kyler Murray? No one no one that's watching football believes that, man. Kidding me, bro. It's disrespectful. Carson Wentz is the third best quarterback in the league right now. Right now, and he didn't make the top 100. Disrespectful. This is Piers. This is Piers. This is Piers. This is not the reporters. This is people that play in the NFL against him. Watch him tear it up. Watch, uh, watch them carry that Eagles team to the playoffs. You kidding me? Ryan Tannehill? The disrespect, man. All right, man. On that note, I'm out of here, man. On the episode um, dropping this Thursday uh, after the lottery, me and my boy Ron will break break down the lottery and who we think will go where. Um, I'll, be, I'll be in Vegas. So hopefully that brings me some luck that the Knicks get the number one pick or, you know what I mean, just an easy route to LaMelo. I think LaMelo's the, pick, the piece that I'm missing. You know I'm getting a Lamelo jersey as soon as he comes to the Knicks. That's happening. So, um, man, I'm I'm your host BK. A lot of love, man, and uh, peace.